2: thing goes motto of the show let your greek flag
0: fly
1: probably the only good advice i'll ever give you is to re-hide your whips and chains.
0: here are your hosts kathy
1: k and tommy hey welcome to strictly anonymous podcast with kathy if you want to follow the strictly anonymous podcast on twitter you can do that at strict anonymous or you can follow me kathy at cartoon therapy that's me on twitter don't even bother liking my facebook fan page but if you want to write me a review uh, of this podcast, either on iTunes or Stitcher, that'd be really effing great. Um, if you want to be on the show, I, I love to. Uh, I would love to have you on. I like to have all kinds of people on my show. This is a call and advice show. I always say I give people unprofessional advice, but I think my advice is good. So if you need help with a problem and you have no one to talk to, you could call into my show. Uh, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, if you want to buy my book, I wrote a book, it's a cartoon book. It's all about my like relationships from the, like my losing my virginity story all the way until I turned 40. And one relationship is, is, is like worse than the other. Cause I was never really good at relationships. So, you know, it's kind of a funny book. <laughs> well, it's definitely a funny book and it might make you feel better about yourself if you haven't been so great at relationships yourself. Um, it's called the cartoon misadventures of a total chain wreck and you can get it on Amazon. I think it's like $11. If you buy my book and you read it and you want to tell me what you thought, that'd be great. Send me an email. It's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm going to let you know who I have on this call today or who I have on the podcast today. It's a guy named Eric and Eric is a bondage guy. He was on Craigslist looking for submissive women. And I thought, oh, I'm gonna have another bondage guy on my show. Because bondage is like a hot topic. And I've always had this one guy on. We call him bondage guy, and he always talks about it. So I thought this would be another guy talking about it. But he does it. It turns out that he was very different than my regular bondage guy because he's into bondage and he's a dom, which means dominant, and he's looking for a submissive, but he has his own different sort of take on how that whole that works it, that it works just very different for him than it does for most people i think the regular bondage guy that i've had on my show in the past uh sort of does it the way most people in that bdsm world do it but he does things very differently and we talk about that we also talk about his past he was a musician he got a lot of tail he fucked a lot of girls and he had wound up in a lot of like really interesting ways because he was pretty kinky at a very young age um so we get into all that we hear a lot of cuckling stories for some reason he wound up getting solicited by men uh who wanted him to you know get it on with their wives and so he did a lot of that and uh he screwed a lot of older women when he was younger and so we get into that kind of stuff as well so i'll be right back on with eric
0: do you have a story lifestyle or situation you can't talk about to anyone to anyone Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com, with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.
1: Hey, Eric. Welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You're on with Kathy. How are you?
2: I'm all right. How are you?
1: I'm good. So you got to like refresh my memory because I think I went to try and look at your ad that you posted on Craigslist initially and I couldn't find it. But I know that you were looking online for like submissive women, right? I don't remember the specifics about that. So like maybe you could just explain.
2: Sure. I was looking for uh, the particular ad that you're talking about. I was looking for submissive uh, younger women. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. I think that was that particular ad was like eighteen to thirty somewhere around there.
1: Right, and how old are you?
2: I just turned forty.
1: Hmm. Okay. And then, when well, you said that particular ad. You have other ads. What else do you look for on Craigslist? Like, what are your other
2: ads about? Most mostly the same thing. Mostly, uh, it, it, I might reword it because I think the term "submission" really could could really deter someone from answering an ad. Uh, because of
3: Mm -hmm.
2: some of the stigmas that come with it.
1: Yeah, but don't you think that, like, if you're really looking for a true submissive... Like, I've had a bondage guy on my show a couple of times, the same guy, you know, and he's Mm -hmm. really hardcore into the lifestyle, right? And he's explained it really well, right? Because there's a lot of propaganda out there that holds fifty shades there of gray is. and people like act like they're really Absolutely. into the scene, <laughs> but it's really not, right? But I would think that if some if you're really looking for that kind of situation, right? Like a real submissive, you know, and we'll get into what that means eventually. But that it would actually if you're just you know, you should use that term because if it turns somebody off, then it's good. It's like weeding out the bullshit, right? Like that's what you want to do. You don't want to get a girl well, in who's got like who's not interested in being submissive, and then you want to sort of trick her into it. Like I don't understand.
2: No, it's not. A, it's not a trick her into it kind of thing. I, I know what you're saying. As mm-hmm. far as let's let's just put it out there, but it's actually. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm more so looking for someone to to develop into d- develop basically their feminine submissive side. So I don't. I don't, I prefer someone that doesn't have. Uh, any experience or someone that doesn't have all the propaganda in their in their mind mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of probable probably why you selected my ad because I kind of specified that in there that i'm I'm looking for someone that just has an interest
1: right so and you would uh, do you, are you do, would you maybe even be interested in taking like an alpha female and changing that person are you looking like is it maybe more of a challenge to you that like you're looking for somebody absolutely. oh okay so that might be the, the dominant re-flow. in you that wants to do that right
2: that and the fact that you know, I think, uh, especially when you—it's funny you bring up an alpha female. I mean, th- these are my beliefs. I don't want to push them on anyone, but I'm—I'm I'm pretty that's firm cool. in my beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I believe that biologically, we uh, we we, we kind of have these biological roles or right. these, these clocks or these, these machines inside of us. And I think sometimes the more alpha a male is, especially during the day, mm-hmm. you know, in her everyday job, some kind of go-getter or whatever. There's also a feminine side that's screaming you know, to be developed or entertained or whatever. Mm -hmm. And especially for an alpha female, that's going to take a true alpha male to really bring that out. And I don't mean the frauds. I don't mean the ones that something alpha is not something you can just claim. You just either are or you aren't.
1: Totally. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a ruse. Like some people are very sort of, some women, like they might seem like very alpha, but it's really like some sort of defense that they put on, right, to cover up some like intense weakness, right, sometimes. So they come off as like super strong,
2: right? Possibly. mm Mm-hmm. Or life has just made them, you know, with today's age and the way that that society is, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of women that that run their household and run a lot of things on their own.
1: Mm -hmm. Totally. Listen, the submissive, uh, the bondage guy who called in here, and I've had a couple other guys that like to wear panties or that like to be a little bit submissive, (laughs) like for sure – they have brought up what you just stated whereas they they are like super sort of dominant in their regular life, right they're the person ruling everything and doing everything right, so that when it comes down to sex or they just want this one place where they could sort of be the total opposite right
2: sure, sure, I see that in women now, my beliefs on men are different, but you have to understand i was i'm I'm a southern boy, I was raised you know southern I was raised by my grandparents so I have a lot of, as far as men go, I have a different traditional values. What do you mean? That doesn't, for example, I don't mean that I obviously, I have a feminine side. I'm, I'm, you know, I told you I'm, I'm a musician. I'm all that kind of stuff. And even though I'm a dom and I have an erotic side and all that, I'm very in touch with my, with my emotions, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. But me being a Southern male, getting onto what you said there is no, there's no space for like that kind of weakness. Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the way I was raised, not the way that I was groomed up to the point that I am. And I'm comfortable with that. Right. So oh, that's I don't a Southern have, thing? I don't that's that, like a,
1: th- a Southern thing? Well, like it's not
2: just a Southern mm-hmm. thing, but I mean, it is, it is kind of how, you know, the good old boy kind of thing.
1: Right. Like cowboys can't cry, don't cry.
2: <laughs> yeah, but true. I do cry. That's, that's what right. I'm saying. Well, you It, it took me a little... <laughs> Musicians yeah. are always
1: more in t- I think creatives and music You know they're always That's why I brought it, The only reason touch. I said that mm-hmm. Absolutely I think
2: that that's, that's only, just in your it's Only for the makeup. fact of mm-hmm. Right It's just to explain that I do have that side I do have the passion I do have the emotion
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, it, it took me Because of my upbringing It took me a good 25 years Of my life To really accept that As more of a strength Than a weakness
1: Totally. Right. I could imagine for men, that's the way that it is. You know, women don't have to go through that, but for a man, yeah. I mean, like, I think that a lot, most men, I would say 90% of men did feel the opposite. You know what I mean? They could really only experience one emotion and that's like anger, right? Or and that's really <laughs> yeah. their bandwidth because everything else is attributed to like a feminine sort of emotion, right? Like, and if Great. feminine is typically looked at for some Reason as weaker, right? The it's it's like a weak. Absolutely, two. for men, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, for a man to cry or to whatever, it is looked at. It's definitely looked down upon. So yeah, it must be hard for guys like you who are more sensitive, right, and more in touch with their feelings to express that.
2: Well, or to it be was, okay with I it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've learned to uh use it to my advantage. I mean, it. it I use it as a strength, and mm-hmm. it makes me. It makes me very good at what I do. I'm uh, I'm very good with women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tend to be closer to women than I do men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me connect easier. So going back to what the topic is, that mm-hmm. that helps me in what I do as a dom.
1: Right now, have you been a dom? Like, first of all, let me just get a little background on your like <laughs> relationship history, okay. though. So, like, you're 40, right? Have you ever been married?
2: Yeah, I was married briefly at eighteen, divorced by twenty. Yes.
1: Oh God, yeah, that's not even. I don't know. Do you even count that? Like, really married? No,
2: I know. I, I, I barely even remember it. No, I've never been married.
1: Like, did you get married to that girl when you were like eighteen because she was like pregnant or something?
2: No, we have no kids together. No, I was. Uh, we were high school sweethearts, and there was a lot of pressure on us getting married. And wow, you know how it is when you she was cheerleader, I was an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. y'all need to get married, and next thing you know, I'm getting married, and I'm not happy, and neither is she, and. That's the end
1: of it. Yeah, thank God you got out at 20. So this is like, like, to me, it doesn't even count. So since then, you've never been married. Now, how about like long-term no. relationships? What's the longest yeah, I was relationship in a, you've
2: had? The longest relationship I've had is a nine-year relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. And what age were you in that really Like what age to what age? And how come that didn't lead to marriage eventually?
2: Uh, I, I got into that relationship when I was about 27. I think it ended
3: mm-hmm.
2: close to about... 36, somewhere Mm -hmm. around there, Mm -hmm. 35, 36. And that didn't lead to marriage because I just, I'm not rigged that way. I mean, I'm not a, I'm very comfortable being, but number one, let's back up. You got to, you got to remember when I say I'm a professional musician, I actually am a real professional musician. So from the time I was 19 to about 27, whenever I decided that I went through a moment where it was like, I want to settle down. I was on the road a lot. I was living in a different kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm you know uh my lifestyle a lot of it had to do with you know not getting anything stable that that whole entertainment is not very stable in itself
1: no and also especially at a young age and also wouldn't isn't it really hard to be monogamous like if you're like a musician right you're on stage aren't there a lot of girls like throwing themselves at you so like it's constantly like there's like a lot of hot women always sort of available right and isn't it hard to be remain
3: monogamous
2: uh yes it is uh, very much so it's especially once again backing up to the fact that I was a a younger man, you know, Mm -hmm. I was, you know, 19 to 27. I mean, that's like your prime, I guess you would say. (laughs) Mm -hmm, And I was not, I was not trying to be in anything longer than a two-day relationship.
1: Yeah, of course. You didn't have to, right? Just,
2: I think. No, I didn't.
1: Yeah. And I think like years ago, I think what's the reason why there's like, I mean, I feel like younger girls nowadays can't even get in relationships. And it's because, like, sex is very easy, right? All girls will sleep. Like, most women will sleep with a guy right off the bat. It's very easy. But in my time, I'm 47, right? You're 40. So you're a little bit behind me. But it's the same sort of generation. Like, when I was growing up, I think that most men got in relationships because that was the only way they were going to get laid, right? Because most girls (laughs) didn't sort of give it up. I was super promiscuous when I was younger. But I was, like, a 10 percenter. Like, I wasn't, like... The normal girl, you know, regular girls or normal girls or most of the women would not have sex with a guy unless she was dating him. So guys had like no choice. So I think it was a lot easier to get in a relationship back then because guys kind of had to if they wanted constant sex, you know, whereas nowadays men can just get constant sex. So, you know, there it's not there's no reason for them to sort of buy into relationships. So if you're a musician at that time, right, you didn't have that problem because you right. could get sex that, you know, at every gig, right, with a different woman and variety is like, well, yeah, perfect. and, and
2: mm-hmm. yeah, that yeah, you're very everything you said is 100% my beliefs too. I preach about it all the time. You know, things have changed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm more of a, I like the chase. So, you know, I enjoy, you know, it's different nowadays, like you just said, it, it's so easy. And that, that kind of mm-hmm. that turns me off.
1: Right. You but, like, right. And that's kind of like what you're doing at Craigslist too. Like you even, when you say you enjoy the chase, it is the same way. Like you're going after, like when you say I want to submissive, but somebody that really isn't sort of in touch with it. So you could bring it out. That's the same kind of chase, right? You're looking to sort of be the one person who could get that girl to sort of switch around. Right.
2: Yeah, it, pretty much. Yes. Uh, I, I get it. That's where I get I get a lot of pleasure mm-hmm. out of, uh, Maybe it's a male ego thing or whatever,
3: mm-hmm. but I like
2: to, I, I get, I, I like to be that one person that really, that's why I like the younger ones that are inexperienced, because <laughs> I like to be that one person that showed them something, you know, that, that actually, and it's kind of like, I'm 40 now, so it's kind of like reliving some of my past through them, you know, my, mm-hmm. I've had so many experiences, it's, it's really, I've lived a life that most men would, would dream about.
1: You mean with lots of women, so like how not, many women do you think about, Two thousand five hundred.
2: I honestly I've not, I honestly couldn't fathom, mm-hmm. I could not even pick a number, to be honest right. with you, because there was a time where I completely lost count. I mean, you got to understand, sometimes two and three a night. Now, that doesn't mean, that means at the same time.
1: Right, right, right. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, mm-hmm. Not, not, I now, not to make sound, just jumping, to the point where I had to put myself in check and, you know, right about that time when I got in that long-term relationship, I actually went abstinent for about four months because I was like, wow.
3: It was too much. It was
2: much. Just, just one... Yeah, was, yeah, and I wasn't getting nothing out of it. I mean, when I say getting nothing; I mean, I wasn't getting nothing out of it. Right, I and, couldn't, I couldn't orgasm, you know. Really?
1: But that was after like years and years of you getting as much ass as you could, right? Like, and just having as many women as you wanted, right? I feel like a lot of men couldn't understand that, or you know. But I feel like you know, it kind of makes sense that if you're like, you know, that way, well, and you could get whoever you want, you know. After a while, let's go
2: back to what, yeah. Let me go back to what we what I said originally. Mm-hmm. You have to understand. I do. Ha- I, I'm an extremely emotional person. So mm-hmm. what happened was I disconnected from any type of emotional. Att- you know, you learn that anyways because people come and go daily. Yeah. But it gets to the. It got to the point where okay, I'm doing this because I can. Right. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. You know, it's just it's there. I never got as a as musician. I never got into drugs. I got into women. Mm-hmm. Totally, that, that was like your addiction. Nothing, pretty much, but I had I was I've been like that since I've always been hyper hypersexual since I was hit puberty. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe because it goes back to one of the questions you you know of why I'm a dom or mm-hmm. why why I, when this started, which is a question you asked a while ago. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe because my development was so young you know i've always that's just what i've been into you know women so i got to a point where i was really honestly feeling nothing i was numb mm-hmm. and it was like i was drugged even though i don't, even though i never really did drugs
1: right right totally mhm and that's when you met this one woman who wound up you know you you wound up in a long-term relationship with her for 9 years were you monogamous to her through those 9 years
2: for the for the majority of it at the end of it i started getting a, I started straying
1: huh. but that's pretty good for somebody like you to For go. me, yeah. Mm-hmm. No,
2: totally. That's, <laughs> that's me, a long time. For me, it was pretty time. good, you know. Mm-hmm. How for come you never wound good? up I marrying actually, her? Uh, I, I don't even, I really wasn't even in love with her. It just kind of, <laughs> I needed something. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. I, I, really, I really wasn't. That poor girl. I, I hope her. she's
1: not listening. Did you, you never not, told her, I hey, mean, by the way, I was never really in love with you?
2: <laughs> yes, I have. We have children together. Oh, you do. Uh, so I, yeah, I just <laughs> I see her regularly. She probably. We're, we're fine. We're good. Friends. Right.
1: Yeah. That's cool. I mean, at some point. So you don't think you were ever really even in love with her?
2: I mean, not that I, not that I think. I mean, uh, I mean, maybe a brief moment when my son was <laughs> born. I think there was some happiness there, but you know, it, 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 there was a lot of instability on her behalf after the and kids and i'm a very stable person right
1: right after the kids
2: actually the kid the kid's actually made her stable i i,
3: <laughs> I ended good. up
2: uh, yeah i ended up uh basically she had she had a lot of issues she had a lot of drug habits and things like that that i wasn't happy with
1: yeah. Sometimes it's interesting, right? Because you say, oh, she was totally unstable and I'm a very stable person. And like you had mentioned, you never did drugs and she totally did drugs. And it's like interesting when, you know, people that are so opposite wind up connecting. Right. There's lessons there to be learned from both sides. But, you know, anyway. Right. So um, when did you get when did you lose like you say you had like sort of an early experience, like you started really young and you were really sexually active. Like, I mean, when did you lose yep. your virginity really early? Like how old were you when you lost your oh. virginity?
2: I would say early because I lost it at 13.
1: Okay. And when did you start jerking off? I just have to ask you this because I've had a couple guys on here recently well, who tell me they didn't jerk off till they were like 17. And I thought that's like really weird. Don't guys start jerking off like super early? Like, is that, isn't that late? Yeah, I
2: think that's really weird. Yeah, me One too. One thing okay. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you the truth because I'm a realist and I, I, it is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had sex before I ever jerked off.
3: Oh,
1: really?
2: Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I was, uh, and nowadays, and nowadays she'd probably go to jail for it. But <laughs> why was she at like your time... babysitter? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, she was. Well, so, yes and no. She was my she was my friend's older sister. How old was she? She was. Uh, I wanted to say eighteen, and I was thirteen.
1: Okay. And she seduced and, you.
2: Uh, yes, absolutely. What happened?
1: Like, what? How did well, that go down?
2: I had to. I was staying, you know, during the summer, and I was staying the night at his house, and uh, that was kind of a regular thing at that time. You know how it is. You have friends some summers, from not the next. Yeah. And uh, he had a sister, and I never, the way I was raised, I never really looked at her that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still going through puberty and all that, and I was raised with a lot of respect, so I didn't go to people's houses and stare at their wives or sister. You know what I'm saying? just You way was still right.
1: hadn't even jerked off, right?
2: No, I hadn't done that yet. Right. I'm not saying I wasn't noticing things, but I guess what started it was... Just to be flat out honest with you. We were staying up later than probably you know, we was late. I am guessing to midnight or one o'clock and you know, whatever. And I hardly ever seen his sister. She stayed in her room. She was at that age where she was in her room and all yeah. that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh she is, we had we had uh guess channeled through to a a cinemax, cinemax flick.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was and just it was you him and her- him, oh. him that
2: did it. No, it was him. It was me and him. You know, the boys typically do this. You know, they'll go look at. Well, things have changed now, but in our day, the most mm-hmm. you could see on TV on regular cable would be like breasts and right. <laughs> mm-hmm. At that time, I thought I thought a vagina was a hairy triangle. <laughs> 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 oh my God. You know, because they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what I'm talking about. Totally, are different now. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'd never actually seen the anatomy of a female that way because that's pretty much how it's depicted in all the. Magazines oh, exactly. and all that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, she's coming. She came in there and she's like getting on to us, but she's also looking back now. I guess she was also turned on. I didn't mm-hmm. know that at the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And we're watching this thing, and she's all getting on to us. But I'm wearing some loose shorts, and I have a heart on. Right. And she's, of course, she's like gross, you know, gross. And I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of scared because I'm like, dude, don't tell your dad. You know, I, I can't control it. You know, it, it mm-hmm. just happened.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she's all gross and throws a pillow at me and. You know, and long story short, you know we everybody goes about their way, but I stay awake and I'm playing video games and all that. And she comes out and they have a pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, she asked me if I'd like to go swimming, and I was like, oh, it's like two, three, three o'clock in the morning. I was like, well, you know. And she's like, it doesn't matter, we can, you know. And I was, she's got like, to be quiet.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: I didn't really think nothing, you know. Honestly, I didn't.
1: Totally right.
2: And I went to go swimming. We're going out swimming. I'm being quiet, and she, and next thing you know, she kind of swims up and takes off her top. Well, at that time, like I said, I was sort of innocent. I mean, breasts were like, you know, the best thing ever.
1: Right. And now there's real life, like right in front of you.
2: Two right. Of so she, you know, of course, she has me suck on them, things like that. And before I know it, you know, I'm a wreck. She's got her bottoms off and she's straddling me in the pool. And mm-hmm. from that point on, mm-hmm. I mean, this is where it gets kind of funny because she starts, I don't want to say she's overacting, I don't know, but she's, uh, you know, pretty much riding me in the pool, mm-hmm. and she starts getting loud. You got to be around 3 o'clock at night.
1: Right, right, and outside. yeah, mm-hmm.
2: So, in her parents' room's right there, so my, I mean, instant fears, I'm not really, really enjoying it, because instant fears kicking in, it's like, oh my God, I'm getting in trouble, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Parents are going to wake up. And she's going at it, and I know that I, I think I came like, I want to say twice, if not three times before she got off. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was fresh,
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I and can uh,
2: so I, I didn't really know what was happening. Now I do. I did like it, of course, but I was also, they were just scared at the same time, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she got, she pretty much got off me and got dressed and said, "Go inside." And then, she, of course, she said, "Don't tell nobody." And she was really a bitch about it. But I, I understand women a lot better now, <laughs> than I did then.
1: <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but that
2: was the first. You know, that was the time. Next thing you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't understand this girl. I, I mean, this particular girl, I, I think she was pretty much just in heat.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. Because
2: apparently well some hung? situations happened. Say that again?
1: Are you well hung?
2: Uh, I'm above average. I'm about eight inches and in thick.
1: Right. Because I was thinking maybe like she saw... You know, when you said you were hard, like maybe it would look very bit,
2: you know what I mean? Like me and
1: it
3: got, well, probably though. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because I was in, I was in like some gym type shorts, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it was loose. Right. So I'm, I'm guessing, and I don't know at that time, I, you know, boys don't really know how, boys don't really know how hung they are until women tell them, I mean, in reality, Mm -hmm. because we really don't know at that age. We don't know if what we're packing or what we're not.
1: Right. How do you know? Because especially at that age, too. I mean, in that time period, right, just as much as you could never see women naked, you didn't see other men naked either, right? Because there wasn't porn on the internet, right? Like we didn't have that. So you didn't, we didn't know those things. I totally get it. So you didn't know that you were sort of big compared to other men.
2: Yeah. And and usually it's, it's really for a man, it's especially a young man. It's very, I don't think women understand that how much pressure it is, you know? Because number one, obviously, if we could, we're men. If we could build our own, we'd have the largest one around, you know. Of course, but it's There's right. nothing we can control on that. So there's a lot of pressure on. Damn am I hung? Am I not? And you know, mm-hmm. it's you know, am I am I a real man? Am I not? You know, it, and it's we don't really know. And it's usually uh which is why especially insecure men will constantly ask their lover or, you know, yes, whatever. But I you know, I'm gonna say like this: if you're if you're above average, women they're they're, they're going to tell you.
1: Yeah, they're going to you know, exactly. You mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I'm not one that has to solicit anything. They're going to they're going to say something to me.
1: Right. So you eventually found out that you were well hung because women said stuff. Because eight inches and in thick is
2: definitely above average
1: for a white. Yeah, I found out. I,
2: <laughs> I found out that I was uh that I was I was pretty good there. From my my going back to the original topic of this from my uh, first, I guess you would say. Real lover because after that after that incident, mm-hmm. well, you know, a couple of I think two years went by before I actually had any more activity. But I ended up dating uh, the girl two houses down. So it, so the entire summer we had sex eight times a day.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, How old was she? Was she around your age?
2: She was she was the same age as me. Mm-hmm. I ended up you know I think that's probably the only reason I dated her because she liked me a whole lot and she was available and I heard she was like to do that.
1: Yeah, she was really horny.
2: Yeah, so that was pretty much my uh, that was my tenth grade or ninth grade summer. Going into tenth grade was sex eight times a day all, all summer long. Mm-hmm,
1: that's great.
2: <laughs> so it helped me build stamina. So then I get to high school and, and I have my girlfriend, and at that age, you know, they're not here. I am, you know, taking fifteen twenty minutes, and and they just can't they can't stand it.
1: What too long or too short?
2: Uh, too long at that time. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was kind of started getting to be known because. I was real popular in school and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But On I was a scale of to be one to 10 it,
1: you're it, good. Little, what do you consider yourself, or what do people say you are?
2: As far as my looks, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I would say I'm very modest, so I'd say probably a seven. I don't really know. Okay, I know that I've never, I've, I've always had a, uh, I've always had attractive women.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mostly extremely attractive women most of my life.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that I'm shallow. It just means that's just uh, you know what. I go for the top. What can I say? I'm I'm that kind of man anyway.
1: I think all guys do, even fours. Go for five, you know, tens. I've seen it all the time. It's well, boring. yeah. Well, I don't I think, think you
2: should. I don't think you're. I mean, if you're a real man, you should. <laughs> exactly. Aim, aim for the aim for the mountain, you know. Well, that's, I think, think you should this. fish in
1: your own league. I don't know. i I think it's hilarious Absolutely. when guys who are <laughs> fours are trying for tens, and then or they're being like super judgmental about women that are overweight, and they're like, you know, twice her size. It's ridiculous. But let's on, to get on that. Well, so you were super popular in high school, right? So you, you know, you're getting a lot of ass and a lot of tail. When did you realize that you're into this whole? submissive thing.
2: Okay. You're going to love this story. Yeah.
3: Uh,
2: What happened was I was, uh, you got to remember I'm a natural alpha male. Like I didn't know all this yet, Mm -hmm. but I'm a natural walker. You know, I was an athlete. So how this started was I was at a uh, completely different friend, but this is a friend that I actually grew up. His parents grew up with my parents, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And this was my junior, my senior year in high school. Uh, we were playing football at one of his family parties, and his aunt uh, took a, took a notice of me. You know, I've always known her because she grew up with my parents. My, my, once again, back up. My mom was fifteen when she had me, so mm-hmm.
1: the age was difference is
2: only about fifteen years. Right, right, right. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, <clears throat> so that's
1: why you were raised by your grandparents, because remember you said that I was. Correct. I was. Wondering. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yes, I was raised by my grandparents and. So, uh, anyways, this, this this woman, she's very, very attractive, 37 years old, uh, businesswoman type, you know, the type of woman we were talking about earlier, businesswoman type, and I never looked, I mean, I knew she was very attractive, mm-hmm. but I never really looked at her like that once again because of my upbringing, and, uh, anyways, I got my shirt off, I'm ripped, you know, I, I'm a former boxer, athlete, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm throwing, we're playing football, and I got my shirt off, and I'm, I'm ripped up, and I go over there to get something to drink, and she stops me, and she says, you know, something along the lines of me turning out to be a really handsome young man kind of thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Of course, I thanked her. I thanked her. I didn't think it was flirting. I thought it was just an adult compliment.
3: Yeah. How old was but
2: she? She's like 37. I was uh, 17.
1: Okay. Go on.
2: And so, anyways, you know, we're I'm, I'm playing football, and she uh, at the end of the day, you know, there was a party. So she was. There was drinking, not us, not the under, not the kids, but the adults and all that. And we were getting ready to leave. I was getting ready to leave, and she asked if she comes up to me and she says, asked if I could take her home because she'd been drinking.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, yeah, you know, yes, ma'am, <laughs> yes, ma'am, <laughs> right. I sure can, you know,
1: ma'am. Right at this point, she is a ma'am to you, right?
2: Right, right, because I did not. Once again, I have to stress, I don't, I didn't go around at that time. I had a different kind of respect. Right. mm-hmm. You know, even if I thought she was attractive, which I did think she was really pretty, I wouldn't sit there and like Google. You didn't think
1: right. You didn't think you got the chance to like bang her.
2: Exactly. Right. I didn't think there was any chance there. I didn't know. You know, I was a really naive, young man, at that time.
1: Yeah, because we don't remember. And, like uh, when you're older, like I mean, when you're younger and you're that age, thirty-seven. I mean, she might as well have been sixty-seven. Like it seems so much older, right? Exactly. Like I mean, when you're that age, it doesn't feel old. But like when you're young, like yeah, anyone was, over thirty, just seems like you know, over, very way older. She probably just the, seemed like a. Photo I will to say you.
2: this. I will mm-hmm. say this: At her being thirty-seven, though she's a she's a former pro cheerleader, pro pro NFL cheerleader, right? So she looked great. So she was great. in really good shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she looked great. Oh yeah, please. And Women uh, nowadays at
1: fifty, they look great.
2: Right, exactly, and mm-hmm. I agree with you. I'm forty, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But anyways, and uh, so yeah, you know, I, I even though I noticed that she was a very beautiful woman, I didn't think I ever had a chance, and I thought if she caught me looking at her, I'd be shame by my family.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> because you know, like I said, once you're grown up on that old school.
3: Totally. mentality
2: you know that's disrespectful to the family mm-hmm. to do something like that so she asked me for a ride home and she was a little buzzed and when i got there you know she's like well you know you know she just kind of started ordering me she was come in and i was like okay yes ma'am you know <laughs> i came in there and she was gone she was gone a while like i'm standing in the living room just kind of never been to her house
3: before mm-hmm.
2: and uh i'm standing in the living room and i thought i heard the water she's in there showering
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh so, she comes, She comes. once. by the time she comes out of the shower, she comes out and she's kind of being a bitch. And she's like, comes out and just, I mean, she is. She comes out of the shower, her hair, she's drying her hair, and she's got like just a t-shirt on.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm noticing that. I'm trying not to. I'm putting my head down.
3: No bra. And
2: she's like, no, no bra, no, mm-hmm. no, no panties, nothing, just a shirt. And she has big tits, and like she's she has like, big boobs? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. The teen, she's probably 5'2", 110 pounds, big breasts. She's in shape, goes to the gym daily, that kind of thing. Right. And uh, and she's like, she just starts being a bitch. She goes, you stink. She goes, go go shower or something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, wow. Well, I mean, I really like, i got self-conscious, you know, damn, I stink, you know. <laughs> right. So I, I just did what she said. And I'm like, I know this makes me sound so naive. And even telling the story makes me sound naive. I didn't know nothing was up. Uh, I'm just like, damn, man, I'm that foul. So I'm more embarrassed.
1: No, I kind of so know she, men like, and men are kind of dumb. Sometimes you got to like knock them over the head. Yeah, with shit. Sometimes, Like, so a lot of, I get that, you know, I think and a lot of guys get that, that that's how guys are. Like a lot of times they don't really know when a girl really likes them or a girls going after them.
2: And uh, yeah, so she, she says, I got you a towel in there and all that. So I go in there and I take a shower and I come out, you know, I, I dress and all that. And she's, I mean, she's very demanding. She, I, I walk in the living room, which is where where she was at. Yeah, and she's putting her hair in it. She's putting her hair in a ponytail, and she said, uh, "Basically, she goes. I mean, flat out, she goes. She goes. Well, take your shorts off and sit on the couch." And she's like, "I'm gonna suck your cock." <laughs> she going right
1: to it. Right. I'm
2: like, I mean, and she's like, and she's like, and if you fucking tell, I mean, she's telling me if you tell anybody, she goes, uh, "I'm gonna deny it," you know, and it's never gonna happen again, and all this other stuff. And I'm just kind of like. Okay, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm really nervous and shy, you know. Yeah, so you know, with her now in my my age group, no, I'm not shy, of
1: course. Because so she was, was a way shy. older woman, yeah, absolutely. Of course, I think any guy would. So, be at that of course,
2: age. at that time, you know, that was my first real blowjob. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like, you know, at that time, what something you said a well while ago in our age group. I mean, yeah. If you took a girl to prom, she might give you a little head to get you hard. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, right? Everything's changed now. Now it's like shaking hands. Terry, let me blow you.
1: Yeah, totally. You know? Mm-hmm.
2: It's completely different. But anyways, uh, so yeah, that was that was, and that became my. By the way, that became my oral fixation and my fascination to this day. I'm a real man. <laughs> w- what a blowjob? So, oh yeah, I'll take that over anything every day.
1: Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Did she swallow?
2: But uh, yes. Hmm. Let me
1: ask you this because I mean, I've done it, this I've done this jizz quiz with people before really quick. <laughs> Do you like to jizz in a girl's face? <sighs> Just yes or no. because I, I want to get back to the story. I think no. Yes,
2: if yes? It, it yes, if it turns her on.
1: Right, but it does it really turn you on?
2: Only if okay, look, there's an eagerness. Look, I'm telling you like this from giving many facials,
1: mm-hmm. especially
2: a, a lot women women a lot of women like the open mouth facials. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, the submissives, right? This, there's this, yes, there's mm-hmm. this look in their eyes, like this thirst. I don't think it's necessarily for come. I think it's for the man. Right. And there's well, that's what thirst you, that's in what their turns eyes. You right, it, you it think so it's the man. I think it's,
1: yeah, I think it's something else. But I think you thinking it's for the man is, of course, then going to be the turn-on, be. right? Maybe that's a projection. Maybe it's my
3: ego.
2: Yeah, yeah. maybe it's projection. So. Whatever
1: it works for everyone, so who cares? Okay, so go but on. If,
2: no, it, and it's good. I want to say this, though. If it's something that you don't like, no, because it turns me off. Totally. I can imagine. I have an ego. Okay. I want to be the I, my goal is to be the absolute best person to ever touch you. So doing something like that goes against my belief system of making you do something you don't want to, because I want you to be submissive to me. I want you to come to me because you can't stop yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. You want to be like, the best. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That totally not because I'm sitting, not
2: because I put my foot on your back and push you on the ground and tell you to. No, that's not that's not real power. Mm-hmm. Real power is controlling you, just but because of who like
1: I am. It. But but you want the person to like it. Like that's the, there's power Absolutely. in that. Mm-hmm. So right. So she gives you like so the best blowjob ever, right?
2: This oh yeah, lady. she didn't. Yeah, this this wasn't this was a she was savoring. You know, mm-hmm. this wasn't a blowjob. I don't know what she was doing. She was thirsting for it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyways, she blows me. Literally, turns around. First of all, one of the things she, one of the first things she told me the first time I'd ever heard this in my life, she told me I had a really nice cock.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
2: I never knew that at the time. I mean, she was the first one to tell me and she was like, really nice. She's like pretty. I didn't know what pretty meant, but Mm -hmm. when you hear that several times in your life, you yeah. But anyways, uh, so as soon as she does that, she turns around and inserts me in her so she's reverse cowgirl pretty much.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm on the couch. Mm-hmm.
2: And she rides me until she gets off a couple times. I think I came three times. Mm-hmm. And she gets off and says, all right. She goes, at that time, you remember, we had pagers. Yes. <laughs> so she asked for my pager number. And she said, when I page you, she said, "Uh, you, you can come over.
1: <laughs> right. She was, you were like and her she booty said, call. Get,
2: basically, get dressed. Yes. Yeah, she said, get dressed and leave. I mean, she was a real bitch about it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So you like this. So, the, the, you know, of course, she takes me a couple days later, I come over, same scenario. She blows me, swallows, uh-huh. rides me backwards. Wait, does she, you off, you does she tell you you smell?
1: Does she tell you you smell? Does she insult you when you come in to <laughs> make you take a shower?
2: Oh, no, not the next time. It was because okay. I was playing football.
1: Right, right. Okay, cool. So the same thing, no. the same thing goes down.
2: Same thing for the for the next couple times. I mean, uh. so anyways, uh, and then she starts to actually talking to me and she starts telling me, look, this is what I'm at- attracted about you. And she said... You know, that day when you're playing football, you walked around and it's like men moved out of your way, even bigger men. Mm -hmm. You know, they moved out of your way because I'm not a huge guy. I'm, I mean, I'm only five foot eight. I'm actually on the shorter side and Uh I'm about two, I'm about two twenty. Now I am pretty muscular, Mm -hmm. But, but I still have my little chub too. You know, I'm 40 years old. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'm, for me being a, not the biggest guy out there, you know, they would move around. And when I was walking, that's my natural demeanor, though. I do that in business, which is what I do during the day and all that. I'm I'm, I'm just that kind of personality, mm-hmm. you know. I accept who I am at this age. And that's what she noticed about me was the fact that I was a natural leader. And she said that you're a she – she's the first person to tell me that you're a dom. I didn't know what the hell a dom was. I'm 17 years old. Right. And she told me that she was actually – That's submissive and started telling me about it and explaining. And she's like, here's what I want you to do. She's like, you know, basically, she told me this shit's yours, this body, this mouth, anything you want. But she's like, you know, but you got to take it like a man, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. She's like, basically, it's not yours until you claim that shit. Right. Until you take charge of it, until you own it. And she's like, if you're going to own it, she goes, and she told me, she goes, I want to feel like you own it. Not Mm -hmm. just that I'm giving it to you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't get that at first, but I started... It naturally started taking over to the point, remember, I told you she was really petite. So at first, you know, so she said, from now on, you're not going to, you know, until you make me basically dripping wet Mm -hmm. from your presence. She goes, you're not getting shit. Right. No longer like you just walk out and you get a
1: blowjob. Right. The table's turned. You had to get her off. Right.
2: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So, you know, I would, I was a little clumsy at first, I'll admit. You know, I was clumsy at first, but then she would sit there and tease me. And then she'd be like, no, now you can put your pants on and leave. And I wouldn't even get off. So next thing you know, I'm going home and masturbating,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, because she would, she was, she knew what she was doing.
1: Right. She was training so you for I, what I, she finally, was into.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Pretty much. And finally I said, you know what? Fuck this shit. You know, I went over there and I said, fuck it. And I just started, I started handling her. I don't mean in a rough way. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, you know, just started saying, you know, and, and and before you know it, I'm taking her and, you know, I don't know what happened to be honest with you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Something happened inside me, was more carnal. You know, it was more desire, it was more need. It was just I started basically owning it like it was mine.
1: Right. Like, when what she, she started wanted. saying
2: when she when she started saying, yeah, when she said that you know, she said, Well, you're not getting anything and I I just kinda went up behind her and said, I don't think you have a choice.
1: Mm-hmm. And That's what she wanted I really remember She do no choice. Yeah, right. next mm-hmm. next
2: thing you know, you know, from that point on it became an eight like somewhere around an eight month
3: mm-hmm.
2: affair deal where pretty much I would walk in and make commands and she would follow suit and she you know enjoyed it
1: right and you realized you enjoyed it too i'm assuming like that role oh yeah i
2: realized i realized this was meant for me i mean i realized this is like i never felt more alive you know Mm -hmm. this was and it wasn't about the sex it was about the it was about i think if you get to want to get freudian on it i think it was her you know i I started seeing infatuation in her with me
1: right it was about
3: getting you know this woman
2: yes this woman who has been you know has been in the world longer than me, who has obviously had more experience than me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't care how many experience she's had. I know that, that when I made her come, you know, that it was true. It was honest. And, and whenever she would look at me, whenever she would, you know, suck on me, whatever, it was like true desire, you know, want, need.
1: For you I made specifically. Her want me. Mm-hmm. And that made you yeah, feel good. And I, mm-hmm. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I loved it. And that's what you got probably addicted to is getting that kind of, th- pretty to experience that with you.
2: Yeah, and I had some some negative downfalls from that, and you know, because I kind of got a little careless with it because it is it is a power once you learn it.
1: Mm-hmm. What? How did you? What? And how did you get some negative consequences?
2: Some of the downfalls to, to to how I was, you know, I start getting lovers. You know, I'm
3: mm-hmm.
2: number one. I'm in I'm in the entertainment industry, and then I was also a bouncer at clubs, and I was I was just had a lot of access to women.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And my personality was I'm very flirty naturally and all that. So when I did have sexual, you know, I started doing the same thing that I've always done, but it's, I, I have the ability to connect with women. It's, I cannot not know you, like never met you, just have a look and we're, we're you know, physically, it's physical attraction and I can touch you like better, probably better than a lover that you've had for years.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You're sort of in tune with what I, a woman would want. I think that that's yeah, an energy thing. I,
2: mm-hmm. It is because I believe exactly. I believe in intuition, energies, and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I can, you can actually, I can actually feel, this is very weird, I can actually feel the energy of a woman, you know, the heat, the energy, the things. And it it, kind of is a power because you kind of know what they want before they know what they want. Oh,
1: yeah, that probably makes you a really good lover. I think that, like, it's the reason why some women give better blowjobs than others, or same with guys going down, because they're sort of in tune. People are sometimes, if you're really that kind of sensitive, you're in tune with what the person wants, and you just kind of know it, right? And I've I've been
2: with them like that. I
1: totally get it. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And the problem is, is, and this is me saying this being very, I'm a very modest man, but I am a very good lover. Mm
3: -hmm. And that
2: being said is, that being said is that creates a lot of problems. And because then women can confuse, yes, Mm -hmm. they can get confused with with sex or a moment with uh, some type of natural love. But don't get me wrong, because I am a romantic in a way that I can't say that in those moments there wasn't love being... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's, uh, but fil- it wasn't love like they wanted.
1: Yeah, but they didn't right. want, like listen, you didn't even love the woman you were with for nine years. Have you? you probably like so then maybe you've never been in love with anybody?
2: I have momentary moments of love. I, I believe my romanticism is is a day-to-day basis.
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I've never been in love with a man, but that's because I have issues. I mean, like, you know, but I just think that... Maybe I have issues. Yeah, who knows, right? <laughs> but, I mean, because you said you... But maybe you were in love with that one. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't want to get so much into that past relationship well, I, I would but one I day. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, for nine years, right, you've really never loved her. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to get di- divert from what we're really t- discussing. But so you have moments. of, Yeah, women are always think like, oh, if he really likes me sexually, like that means he really likes me. They don't get that it doesn't mean that. And I've been there. I'm a woman. Like you can't help it. It's a very different thing. You know, men and women are wired very differently. And well, that's where the problem comes in all the me, time.
2: And let me tell you where, the, where my power came in is what mm-hmm. I was taught mm-hmm. by this woman. that And, and it's just... Basically, I, you know, if I'm with you, whether I, even if it was some, some groupie on the road, you know, mm-hmm. my, the power is to enjoy her not the holes on her body.
3: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: that's like and a true womanizer. True you know,
1: womanizers really like women too, right? Like they're just, let's. I, like, I
2: adore women, mm-hmm, love women. Mm-hmm. You'd
1: probably be considered more more instead of a player, more of a womanizer. <laughs> That's another type I, I that exists, so. and I think women get really confused I, by womanizers. I don't know if you ever heard. You know the differences. Pod- yeah, they like women.
2: Let me tell you the difference. Yeah, here's the difference. Mm-hmm. I think that from a woman's perspective, the difference between a womanizer, I guess, it's, I don't like that term because it makes me sound demonizing, but let's do, I'll, I'll go with it. Mm-hmm. The difference between a womanizer and a player is is when things end. With the women and me, it's mm-hmm. a little bittersweet.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You understand? I don't have a lot of enemies as far as women go. Right. There's been, I'm not going to tell you there's, there hasn't been any because there has been some bad
3: mm-hmm.
2: endings to things. But for the most part, per kappa, I have very good relationships or we've parted ways with hugs. you know totally. And I'd like to think that there's no animosity.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: My last guy I'm was saying? a womanizer. Listen to Dr. Guy is a total womanizer. I've had him on like three. Now he, the last, the most recent one was Dr. Guy is a total cokehead but like <laughs> he's having a midlife crisis but <laughs> you know he's a total womanizer and I feel sometimes sorry because I'm still friends with him. Like you say I didn't end things badly because he wasn't a player douchebag. But he was a total womanizer right. and
3: but I it's feel sweet, ain't
1: it? <laughs> yeah but I feel sorry that it's not true and that it doesn't really exist. Like too good to be true is definitely like the model for those guys. But I think that a lot of women you know the- until you've experienced a guy like that you really don't you know, you could really be taken for a ride because you really don't real, like it. You know, there's there's something about it that doesn't make sense, right? It's like you, like, and even like you saying, like, yeah, I was with her, but I never loved her. It's like, you know, these guys, womanizers, will do all these things that, like, typically, like, would mean something, right, for somebody else. But with a womanizer, it kind of doesn't. And you could do it with, like, tons of women. And I think that is very confusing to women. So they always fall for womanizers, right? I think so, too. And, but I think what, you know what womanizers, yeah, mm-hmm
2: you know what makes it worse what makes me worse is yeah. i'm honest so oh that's
1: what my doctor guy is too i think all the no it makes I'm, it better I'm from for the you. very beginning <laughs> it's better for well, from you from the that's very smart. beginning
2: i'm honest i tell them look this is what i this is what i am this is what i do mm-hmm. you know i will en- i will enjoy you like i mean, I'll tell them how this if this was to move forward you know mm-hmm. i will truly be enjoying you you know I'll, I'll i'll make you feel this make you feel that but Don't get caught up in the moment and think it's anything beyond that because you're not the first, you're not the last
1: right but every woman just like you like that challenge every woman's going to hear that they want that challenge I know know." they want to be the (laughs) one right I mean it's just you want to be that one I think it's human nature right and so I doctor guy has the same sort of way when I was younger I was very much a player I wasn't interested in dating one guy and I would do the same thing with guys I would tell them straight up like you can have sex with me but like please don't even bother liking me because I will not be into you like blah 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 you know and I would get guys like obsessed with me but I was very honest with it and people would be like how do you keep all these guys in your life, it's like, because I'm totally honest with them. So nobody could ever hate me because I wasn't pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. Right. So I made, I, I had yeah. really good friends and I had everything that I wanted because I was honest. And I think being honest when you're that kind of way is always a good move. Right. And always helps the situation. Dr. Guy goes in the same way. And I think that that's actually really smart and that's what you do too. But it is a, it, you know, on some level, I think womanizing men have low self-esteem and like they really are very needy of women liking them so they do everything they can to get women liking them but there's really no it's not a two-way street right it's not like the man is just sort of taking I mean and that's like more to analyze you right and like maybe your sort of issues
2: I'm I'm self I'm old enough and, and most more aware of myself to realize that I probably have some, you know, obviously you heard the beginning that I was, my mother was 15 when she had me, we, we have a relationship, we don't have a great relationship, mm-hmm. so you know, I've read, I've read enough, I'm educated enough, I've read enough Freud to understand that it's I a do mommy need acceptance thing, yeah. In a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I get that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, but to do, well, that's kind of like, but listen, that's like us talking about space and galaxies and all that. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, love to do it, that kind it, of
1: stuff it, on the show, but like I get, right. I've already done the womanizer thing, so we don't need to focus on it. You know what I mean? To me, it's more interesting Absolutely. that like you sort of put these ads on Craigslist and you spend a lot of time like looking and creating <laughs> these you know, and I think other people find that stuff interesting too, right looking to find you know to set up these submissive dominant relationships, well,
2: yeah, the reason is is let me let me you know this is important here mm-hmm. is i have to stress that as you can tell, I hope you can tell i'm pretty outgoing
3: mm-hmm.
2: I'm not shy mm-hmm. you know i've I've always been the kind of guy when I am on the prowl i'm the i I'll, I'll, I'll i go out by myself
3: mm-hmm.
2: i work i work better alone than I do with friends
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh I go for the top you know i'm i'm i don't do that too much anymore i'm too i'm too old for that shit but you know what i mean
1: let me ask you this about your band because i used to, i know musicians right and a lot of them maybe they could be sort of very uh-huh. successful like when they're younger because they're very successful in their town or in their city right but like did you ever reach a success with your band or your music like that was like you know sort of really major and you're still doing that or like what was the extent of it or does it still go on do you know how you make I your money I,
2: I think no. I think I I know I have no. I'll tell you that I peaked about 10 years ago and that was mm-hmm. a totally. I was in a, the same band for 16 years. Mm-hmm. And I got, I got we got signed very young. I played mm-hmm. with people that you've heard of. You have probably never heard of us, but I got to go on tours. I went to uh I even went to New Zealand and mm-hmm. Australia.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But that's my peak. That's it. Now I do it for fun. Now I spend right. more money than I make. I still do it, but mm-hmm. I love it. Mhm and just no I don't mess with groupies or anything like that anymore mm-hmm. just in case you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. over all that
1: right but you still enjoy that sort of you're still yeah. like a love I love, the, I love entertaining I love music <laughs> right mhm but you still love women and now you go instead of sort
2: Absolutely.
3: of
1: out how many well, yeah
2: to answer your question as far as let me to go back what I was saying is yeah. I've been, once I knew that I was a dom and started getting all that, you're talking 20 years ago, 20, mm-hmm. actually 20 plus years ago, mm-hmm. there wasn't, this there, you know, there wasn't this two margaritas and I'm a dom or I'm a sub or a lesbian thing mm-hmm. going on like it is now, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it was very underground and I started going to these parties and secret clubs and I'm in a big metropolis city, mm-hmm. one of the largest in the country. Mm-hmm. And so there were these under underground things and stuff like that. And, uh, it was different, you know. I I, I, I like some of it. There's a lot of it I didn't like, Right. but I did get to understand the terminologies and understand that there are extremists and in both directions,
3: mm-hmm. you know.
2: And I kind of got a feel for it, and I had some experiences, and took those experiences and kind of developed to who I am as a Dom. I don't, I don't think there's not there's no, regardless of what you read in Fifty Shades or any of that dumb shit.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, there's
2: no doctrine. There's no there's no Dom Bible, right? You know, there's no. There's, we're not all the same. And I hate that because that's why I said, you know, some of my ads, I don't put the word submissive because that could be scary.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then some I do because there's people that are particularly looking for submiss- to be submissive. But you can't, I guess what I'm trying to say is I can't go to the bar and have a drink and then slide up to someone and go, hey, are you submissive? Or are you wanting to be submissive? You know, I could, no, but definitely. I'd be a psycho.
1: Yeah, and I think, don't you think you know, that this is still like a kind of like an underground world and it's like, you know, there's other places where, like, those kind of people exist, like on websites or they have special parties. Like you said, you went to certain clubs, you know, where, you know, so that you know that, like, this is, you know, these people are into it because maybe if you're in a regular bar, you might scare somebody off by doing that because it's more like a fetish still.
2: And Yeah, and the problem is when I went to those clubs and stuff, mm-hmm. you got to remember, I started early, you know, mm-hmm. I'm in my early 20s, not to mention... Not to mention I'm 40 and I look like I'm 30 now. Right. So I've always been very young looking. Uh-huh. And even then, I look like a a kid. I look so young that yeah. my success wasn't as successful. It was more so, God, there's a whole other story I could tell you, but my success at that time was uh, more so just uh, other types of men, you know, the, the, the cuckold couples wanting to see, you know, their wife with somebody.
1: And you did that? And that's you got a whole other that?
2: section, far being in music. Oh, God, that's a whole other section of, in music. Yeah.
1: Yeah, let me tell you, guys, <laughs> like, I, I've said this a million times on my podcast, but, like, I, yeah, I got to tell you that, like, if, when I look at the analytics for my podcasts, the ones where the guys are into watching their girl fuck other guys is, like, the most listened to. It's the most... It's a big fantasy for guys. It's
2: a big deal, man. Most of A lot of my stuff in music once again, i have to get off subject was a lot of husbands, I guess, cause it's safe. Cause I was in entertainment and I don't want mm-hmm. their wife and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But man, I always knew what was going to happen because they would always walk up as a couple. And the guy was always a smiling type, what you would call probably a metrosexual. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> a metro-sexual. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. I mean, I'm not over, I'm not trying to say that's the only ones, but I could always tell And I thought, here it goes.
1: Right. And then and really, what would go down? Come up and
2: yeah. tell you, it's a good set. You know, great. We love your bands. Great set and all that. And, you know, my wife really likes to let, let us buy you a shot. And, uh, man, what do you think of my wife? And you always know where it's going. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, I'm a real dom. So here's what, here's how I learned to deal with that. So what I would do is, you know, if I was attracted to the wife, one of the first things I would tell is body language. is She's into it because I've been in situations where, the, where it was more the husband and not the wife.
1: Right, right. And you don't so like to decline.
2: I would decline. Mm-hmm. No, I don't like that. Mm-mm. So if I could tell by the body language, and actually that worked in my favor one time to where she ended up really wanting me
3: mm-hmm. because I didn't right pursue it yeah
2: but <clears throat> anyways i would tell by body language and i would you know at first i was totally against it but then you know what i'm a little devious mm-hmm. so i'm like okay i'm gonna show this man a lesson number one he shouldn't be letting any i mean i guess is the kind of man i am you should never be sharing your wife that's my opinion mm-hmm. sorry listeners Mm-hmm. that's just you, that's the kind of man i am i'm not letting anybody touch what's mine
3: right
1: mm mm-hmm.
2: You know, I don't play well with others. I'm an alpha male.
1: Right, right, right. You're the opposite of that. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So I, it's like, you know. So now you're going to punish him. You want it.
1: me to fuck your wife, I'm going to fuck well, her I'm better Well, I'm going to punish him by, <laughs> by showing him what they
2: should be doing. <laughs> no, exactly. Right. You're going to do it better. You understand? Totally. Yeah. I'm going to punish him. I'm going to punish him by the look in their wife's eye mm-hmm. to how much she's enjoying it.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like, though, I've that guy kind guy of guy. Out. Oh, really? Because I was going to say, I feel like that kind of guy that's into that doesn't really give a shit about that. I think that they're into
2: Well. They do once they come. Right. You know, how, you know how we don't, we can't think until we come?
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then it's like a whole other person.
2: So what happens is the next thing you know, they're jerking off, which I learned to shut out because that's...
1: not you're not... I learned dying. to not even see that. Mm-hmm.
2: And as soon as they come, then it's like, okay, reality kicks in.
1: And they're like, And their wife's the begging out. for more. And they're not into it.
2: Oh, no, they're gone. I mean, well, then, you know, depending on how the guy was, don't get me wrong, I'm not, you know, if the guy was really nice and all that i'll finish it up
3: Mm -hmm.
2: if in this particular situation the guy was very forceful Mm
3: -hmm. and i didn't
2: want to do it but his wife kind of came to the side and she said you know what he's gonna make me do this regardless and i basically told me i'd rather it be you right you know because you're you're, i was a nice guy and things like Mm -hmm. that so she said you know she kind of asked me please and i was like all right let's do this so she said but she's the one that told me she goes but you know Basically, you know, please be good, things like that. Just don't, don't hold the barred. So, yeah, he, uh, she was multi-orgasmic, and she was into it more than he probably thought. He ended up leaving and going outside and smoking a cigarette and pacing. <laughs> and <laughs> I almost, to be because the kind of man I am, mm-hmm. because the kind of man I am almost dared him to say something to me. Mm-hmm. I was really mean to him because, for one, he was forcing his wife to do this.
1: Right, and you thought he was a scumbag.
2: And I, I did not agree with him whatsoever. Yeah, exactly.
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: So I was kind of daring him. <laughs>
1: right? How many guys, how many times do you think you were in that situation where you fucked like another guy's wife in front of him?
2: Oh my god, fuck! Really? I'd probably say yeah. Now blowjobs or fuck? Because there's a lot of fucking blowjobs.
1: Oh really? more music, so than let's just put it that way. Right. Oh
2: god. But I mean, yeah, I'm, because it's quick. You know, you don't. You,
1: right, but I'm talking about with the husband quicker. there, the the whole like with the husband there.
2: Once again, do you mean fucking or blowjobs? Both. I have no idea. Then I it's would say, so many. fucking. I would say probably. Yeah. I would say ten. Just guessing as far as ten women that I went back to their houses or the, to the hotel or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's during that's and that's yeah. Is it now blowjobs. I have no idea. I mean, there's there's a lot of men that their wife. You know, you know these kind of men that make their wives get make them. I don't say they wanted of but, but say, hey, I want you to get your breasts done, get your get your yeah. get your yeah. Botox done, and all mm-hmm. that. They want to show off their trophies. Mm-hmm. Those type of men love to jerk off watching their watching your wife suck your cock and especially since to be honest with you since i'm since mine's big Mm -hmm. i I think they're i don't know if they have penis envy or what but it's like they're more staring at at the men than they are the i don't know yeah maybe it's like
1: some bi fantasy or something yeah it's interesting but you got that oh yeah there was a lot of that Mm
2: -hmm. well not once again i'm 40 so a lot of this stuff wasn't like in the last six months
1: right No, this is when you were in the a band of and when my you were at 20 the to 30 yeah
2: exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah I did it a lot I mean it's it's it, I didn't approach them they approached me
1: mm-hmm. right that just situation always so, found you but I think that people like smell that shit from a mile away like because you were open to it and you were kind of freaky right you're going to these clubs on the side and you're doing this kind of stuff on mm-hmm. the side so I think people sort of know those people that's like the same kind of energy thing right you put that out
2: probably so but I will say this mm-hmm None of my none of my closest friends. One of the other things that I am I'm very tight-lipped about my behavior and things like that. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, you that
1: if this was a secret. No, sort of I'm thing. very
2: very yeah. secretive. I love being I love living the Clark Kent Superman type life. I love it. It's like two mm-hmm. two of me. hmm
1: Like that's a part of that. I do that every too. day. I'm a, right. I'm, mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, I do that every day during the day. I'm a. I am the uh, vice president of a a business.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and under what's my, your second life? I'll,
2: my second life is the, the rock musician and all that. Mm-hmm. Most of the people I work with don't even know that I'm tattooed all throughout because I, I wear shirts, you know, that right. cover most of the. Mm-hmm. So it's like I only say that because I kind of have that back and forth, you know, the, the two lives that.
1: Right. That and I think all of us thing. do. Some people do. I, believe I think everybody. everyone's made up of a different concoction, right? Some people are more extreme. You know, you have like two extremes in you, but I think a lot of people have that. Absolutely. Some Mm -hmm. people are more open about it. You like it to be secretive. I think we're all sort of different. I I like the secret. Yeah, you're into that. You also, I am assuming you also always kept all the sexual stuff a secret.
2: Yes, absolutely. Nobody really knows anything about this stuff. Uh, And that's for uh, You know, a lot of a lot of the women to get back on the sub thing. Surprisingly, a lot of them may, may possibly be married.
1: Yeah. What were the consequences? Uh, you said you got kind of sloppy. Is that like the consequences like people? Well, that was when, when I was going? young.
2: I got sloppy with having stalkers. I literally oh, had to right. go to court mm-hmm. with women over, over it. stalking right, right. situations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and true infatuation. And, and it, it sounds at first it was like, Ha, ah, you know, this is when I was young. She's infatuated with me. Then it became no. And you know, this is a woman and I'm, I'm assuming more than likely you're probably a really attractive woman,
1: mm-hmm. but,
2: uh, then you know what I'm talking about, you know, because women get more stalkers than men do.
1: Totally. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are male stalkers, but women, I've seen women go nuts for guys. Like, they go kind of crazy, absolutely.
2: Yeah, but, you know, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Women don't typically, women don't have to stalk men. No. For the most part.
1: No, it's a very unstable, it's a certain kind of woman. And And then sometimes, unfortunately, I think, like I met a guy in a bar a couple of years ago who was like bragging to me and showing me all these texts from these crazy girls that were like obsessed with him. And like, I was kind of like, you know, on some level you have to like sort of say like, why are you doing business with people like that? Like, why are you going back and forth with women like this? Like on some level, I believe sometimes when men have a lot of that in their lives, it's like they're, they're just as fucking nuts as those girls. Right. Cause like, why are they attracting that? Why are they keeping that going? Why are they feeding that fire? You know? Um, most women don't right. go crazy for no reason, right? Most women will only really stalk someone after, you know, stuff got, has gone down with them. So once you got that girl to that yep. place, it's like maybe you have to take a little bit of accountability of like, what did you do to get her there, right? And I guess that's what you're talking about I had the consequences, to, yes. I had to right? Do it. Right.
2: I had to find out, you know, what's going on. And then I started realizing I'm being really irresponsible right. with my gift, my skills my power whatever it is yeah maybe we
1: weren't being and as honest back then to the women
2: right and possibly, it was making yeah, them I think fucking with their was heads probably I think probably so you know it's yeah. a long time ago and a lot of situations since then but yeah
3: mm-hmm.
2: more than likely probably so now I'm a lot more I'm a lot more direct and I'm a lot more you know I'm a lot more upfront with the fact that look This is going nowhere, you know, other than where it's going. It can last (laughs) two hours. It can last two years. I mean, Mm -hmm. I really don't know. It depends on the dynamic of how this is going to work.
1: Right. And you leave it up to that woman. It's her choice. Like if she knows she's looking for a relationship, then at that point she should pack up and like go go look for somebody else.
2: Oh, I'll tell her. If I start feeling like there's a little bit of neediness, don't get me wrong. Part of my strength is I'm also there. If they need it in their lives as a dom, I'm also their friend, their mentor. Mm -hmm. You know, I do a lot of coaching, life coaching and things like that with them. Mm -hmm. But and I also hear them out, and I offer them real advice.
3: Right, always, you're like a friend. Brought
2: up that uh, mm-hmm. pretty much, I'm a very good friend of them, but I'm I'm an honest friend. Like I'll, you know, I tell them what they what they need to hear, not what, what they want to hear.
1: Right, totally. But you, if you smell any kind of neediness or the fact that they're sort of switching tunes, and now off. they want a relationship, you back off, right?
2: Yeah, but I'll back off. I've learned to do it with finesse. I've learned mm-hmm. to do it, you know, slowly, and not just pull away to where it's this, you know, where there's. Any type of animosity. I've learned to, to just pace myself and get get quote unquote busy with work. Right. You know, whatever it is. But let me ask to, you this. To, because- to, to kind of.
1: Let me ask you this because I've talked to some other like I said some other dom guys and stuff and um, do you find that these submissives that you meet online typically are married anyway and have relationships I remember somebody telling me that that was the case with most of them so there isn't that issue of having them sort of want a relationship there's always that distance because they typically have another relationship going and that's not what they're looking for they're really just looking for what they're looking for Mm -hmm.
2: Originally my role was and it's not because of any moral issue. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie to you. Mm-hmm. Originally, my rule was I really didn't mess with with married women. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of matrimony or anything like that. It was just because I just didn't need the drama. Yeah. Uh huh. And but it became to the point where there were so many married women, and then mm-hmm. I started feeling for them. Like you understand, and in my business, I work with I work with a lot of women. Which no, I don't play where I work. Where right. I, yeah. You know, I don't shit where I eat. Well, you're I Clark
1: think. Kent, and that lifestyle, you're a different guy.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So, but. I do understand, you know, and I do t- I do have a lot of girlfriends that I that I get intimate conversations with, and there's just there's this, it's like there's this need, and and unfortunately, and I'll never like I have I'll never dog their men, you know, unless they're just bad men. I'll just tell them, you know, look, they come that when they get to this point, a woman women and men are different. Mm-hmm. Men stray because we're just men. Totally, you just you know? need variety. And I'm, it's just
1: variety. It's not about variety. love
2: women or stray anything they At mean, the point yeah. when women actually stray outside of a relationship, something as deep as a marriage,
1: yeah. that
2: means it's something that's been ongoing for a while.
1: Totally. I've said that a million times. It's, you yeah, know, it's something, that,
2: it's something that's it's something to the point where, OK, they've they've done made their mind. And once, you know, woman, once you make up your mind, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way it's going to go. Now, whether or not they take that leap or not, you know, that's more guilt or whatever consequences or whatever. But they've mm-hmm. made up their mind that they're not going to get what they're looking for.
1: Right. And they go looking elsewhere. So.
2: Mm-hmm. So I changed, you know, I was like, okay, now maybe because of what you said, maybe because I feel safe in the fact that the, if they wanted a divorce or they wanted to leave their marriage, they would have done that first in the first place. Well, so it's better for you because
1: you're not looking for a relationship and a woman right. that's like in your age range, that's going to get like heavy into, because with the Dom submissive thing, there's a lot of like communication and a lot more going on than just sex. Right. And that can get confusing for another, for a woman that's like completely available. Right. And doesn't have somebody in her life. And then, so maybe that's the kind of woman that's going to maybe want more. Right. But if a woman's married, right. It's I think it's like better because or has a relationship on the side and she's just looking for that dom sub thing, you know, to go down because it's like what you're looking for. And I think that that works better.
2: Well, exactly. And, you know, it's hard. And this is and I preach against this, too, as well, because I'm in a little community of doms and subs and stuff like that. And I'm one of the biggest outspoken persons that a true dom sub relationship does not work in a traditional relationship. Right. The way that it's, that, it, that it's supposed to. I'm not saying you can't go on Saturday night and take the kids to the babysitter and say, hey, let's play Dom and Sub.
1: Right, but you're saying it doesn't you know, work in everyday I'm, life, like husband, wife, Well, kids. for one, what yeah. I
2: just said, uh-huh. if you're playing it, then it's a role play. Uh-huh. For people like me, this is the real deal. This is just who I am. I'm not being anybody that I'm not.
1: Right. How many subs do you have? Do you have any right now? Are you always looking for new ones? I have ones? none right now. Okay.
2: How many- I have none right now. I haven't had I haven't had one caller since uh what's the what's the month April mm-hmm. since probably November. This is a busy time of year for me at work, as you can tell, because we've been trying to connect. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really had a lot of time. So I am looking, but mm-hmm. I have no. I haven't had anybody.
1: Right. Okay. But that's what you're on Craigslist looking for a new sub. How long is the longest relationship that you've had with one of them? How long does it typically last?
2: Typically, mm-hmm. I'd say three months. That's it. Typically. Do you
1: yeah, do Yeah, and a lot of writing? it has to do with... Like, I, I found... Huh? Uh, like, do you do a lot? Because what I've heard from my professional doms that have called in, that it, there's a lot of, like, you know, the dom gives the sub, like, homework, and there's a lot of writing involved, and a lot more <laughs> than just sex. Do you get into all that kind of annoying stuff? No. <laughs> you don't? Okay. Uh, I
2: think it's... Uh, to me, I, I've been questioning... I, he had a sub... Uh, uh, an applicant, let's just put it that way, not too long ago. That got aggravated with me because I wouldn't give her assignments.
1: Yeah, that's but and thats I what said, okay. it's a, a lot of that is about. That, right? Uh huh.
2: And I said I gave her. I did, I said, "Okay, here's your assignment. Forget everything you know up to this point about doms and subs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Practice right. it. Think about it every day.
3: Mm-hmm. Every day,
2: I want you to, to erase a memory. That's what I, I gave her, and fathom that.
1: Right. But,
2: because number one, I think this is what I think about some of these doms. I call them fake ass doms, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm cynical, but number one. A lot of these men okay, I have a very good friend that's a sub. We are no, she has never been my sub. She's a childhood friend. Mm-hmm. she's really a switch she has i i you probably need to talk to her
3: mm-hmm. but yeah I'd love she to. has
2: probably the reason I tell you this she's the one that got me on the Craigslist in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has probably been with probably just about every Dom in our metro area, except you. <laughs> Except me. Yeah, I'm uh-huh. very she's she's very irresponsible
1: uh-huh.
2: with some of the, her situations. But the good thing is she tells me everything and she tells right. me I'm the only true Dom she's ever met.
1: Oh, OK. Now, right, whether or not, I don't, right want, I don't
2: want to get into all that. So anyways, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these men that are that call themselves Dom, I think they're very weak. I mean, I think that they use the whole Dom sub thing, number one to probably get laid because they don't get laid regularly. Mm-hmm. No, but there's and a lot of two, like
1: not getting laid involved in all that assignments and shit. It's more like well, writing and emailing and there's a lot of blah, blah, blah. Those I mean, are the
2: married ones. Right. <laughs> yes. exactly. Those are the married ones that are, that are, that can't get out of the house that are trying to keep uh to keep the girl on the line and give her assignments and keep her busy. So she doesn't venture off.
1: Right. Oh, maybe. Right. Well, that would be smart because it works. These guys. If you talk to these, I know. If you, if
2: you talk to these girls, yeah, You'll find out that, that yeah, that's why, because I'm going to tell you as a man, have any man, have any real man on your show, yeah. and I don't care, dom, sub, gay, whatever, no man is going to wait that long and have, with all these damn assignments and stuff, especially whenever there's a willing person there that will do anything you want.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but these are guys, yeah, and absolutely, these are guys that are these very busy. These are guys, busy, yeah.
2: we don't, we're not that patient. hmm Most men aren't that disciplined, they're not that patient. Mm-hmm. They're at least going to go dip in it and try it out and see if that's what they want. Right. Right. So what they do is if they're married, they convince them that they're not They'll say that they're busy, all this kind of stuff. But that's that's their way of giving them assignments to keep them preoccupied.
1: Right. So but since you don't have that. And you're not married well, and you probably do business with women and, you know, in your state or your city where you live, because some of them do it, you know, elsewhere. People are in other states, so they don't, can't see them right. all the time. So you don't need to do all that stuff to keep them on the line. You could go there. You could have your situation. You could have sex with no, them.
2: No, but I do something else. And this mm-hmm. is why I like the younger ones. And I like, I honestly like damaged women. Uh, At least you admit I it.
1: I think a lot of guys go for that fixer. because it's yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I like that because I like I like once again you got to go back to everything I've told you. I like women that have some issues and things like that because I'm a life coach. You know I enjoy, mm-hmm. you know actually making them. I'll tell them. I'll, I'll, I'll tell them. Here's what I usually tell them. Look, I'm gonna make you. I mean I want you to to to, bow, to take this world by storm. You know I want you. I'm gonna make you. You know pretty much a, be a leader, be in charge, be be dominant in the world and all that. Your only weakness is me.
1: Right, you want to help them. You mind fuck them. Yeah, though. I really
2: truly do. I enjoy yeah. it. To mm-hmm. be honest with you, I love. Yeah, I've well, gotten it's a women little job. bit of a mind
1: fuck when you've go gotten in. them
2: careers. Okay, I've mm-hmm. gotten I've gotten women careers. I mean, I'm talking. I've, I've actually coached them on on resume things, getting them into next thing you know they have a career that they never thought they would have.
1: Right, but a lot of that is probably feeding your ego on a certain level. But there's nothing wrong with Absolutely. that because you're both getting something out of it, right? But that's why you get the damaged girls because they're more likely they can't do that on their own.
2: They can't do it on their own, and there's a lot of people that would take advantage of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm a sucker for a damaged woman. I admit it, uh, because I'm passionate and things like that. And you know, and women, I've learned a lot of things in my 40 years about with the things that women go through. There's a lot more abuse than anybody would ever even imagine. Listen, there's more damaged women about. than there
1: aren't damaged women because most guys right. are sort of not so great and then they become fathers and then they have daughters and then they don't treat them well and then these girls. I'm always like, I think that the male species like perpetuates sluts by being like douchebag dads. Like that's the only way they keep creating these promiscuous women because of more if guys. like, So I think in a weird way, it's something like, you know, biological and in nature because this is how men create easy women by being douchebag fathers you know and if that didn't go down I agree you know it would be a little bit different but you know if you guys didn't do that then girls wouldn't be so easy and then you'd be kind of fucked so on some level I think as a species you guys do it on purpose we're gonna have to wrap this up because yeah. my kid is about to wake up and I have to give him a bottle but um but we're gonna have to do it part two because I feel like you have 10,000 more stories.
2: I cut a lot, man. I've lived a life, man. No, I
1: love hearing it, and people uh, love hearing it. So, but we, you know, I feel like you. There's so much here, right? Because you are very different than the other DOMs that I've spoken to, right? They're more like I don't know. I feel like they're more sort of what you would expect and what you read about and they do follow the rule book more so and it's what you expect right you're more out of the box and you think you do things more a different way but I personally think that there's more underneath that more psychological stuff that has to do with you and what you're going especially especially with the whole oh I like you know damaged women (laughs) on some level I have to say and like I, I like I've said before in this podcast I'm gonna have to do a part two with you because I have to wrap this up that there's stuff going on with you, like that you're probably have a damage as well. And this is your way of sort of working through that by picking out these damaged girls. You probably don't think that, you know, in your mind, but no, I do probably, think it. I do, okay, I do know think that it. that's what's going on.
3: Right.
2: I, I do think it. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I said, I'm pretty self-aware. I do have mm-hmm. a lot of damages. I lived a rough life growing up and mm-hmm. uh, I've, I've come to terms with that. You know, it's not like I cry in the corner at night or anything like that, but I do. Wish there was some, you know, wish there was someone or someone to talk to and all that. And and especially, you know, I do have closeness with women and there are women in my life. What did you wish that there like was my,
1: someone to talk to?
2: When I was younger, whenever oh, I was having right, right, issues right. and whenever I was. Right. But listen, when but you get older,
1: you can do that kind of stuff.
2: Well, yeah, you, at the age I can. But see, the funny thing is with the, the women that are closest to me in my life, you know, family members and stuff like that, I'm not as open with.
1: Of course not. And then you you pick these damaged girls and you spend all your time working on them because that's a way of avoiding working on yourself. If you probably gave all that up and just focused on you and your sort of issues, you could probably, you probably would need some life coaching of yourself and you probably should take all that energy you know, with those other people, it's more a projection of helping them on some level you want, you need to help yourself. And you could turn that around and work on yourself for a little bit. And that would probably be really great and would change you a bit. You're only 40. I think that's still super young. I believe so much in sort of being, if you're self-aware, sort of not just being self-aware, but working on those parts of yourself that you know are there. I think it's, oh, you always have a chance to sort of grow and change as a person. For me, I did hardcore therapy recently in my life while I was trying to have the baby. And I was going through some difficult times. And it really changed me for for real after doing it for, like, three years. So I'm always into, like, sort of therapy and trying to work on yourself and change yourself and grow and change. Why not? You know but what I mean? You're only 40 years old. You're still I super young.
2: 100% agree with you. The only thing I could say about that is is I will say this. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Like, I'm truly, for the first time, you know, in the last five, six years, I'm, like, I'm happy where I'm at.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not... You know, I, I like the things that I do. I really, honestly, I'm sure everything we do can be psychoanalyzed. I mean, totally. I love to psychoanalyze, truck, you know, right, but you're happy yeah. and
1: that's the that's where you want to leave it right now. right? Well,
2: and that's cool well, right now. Yeah, and I'm happy mm-hmm. with what I do. I, I know that I know no matter how much I tell you what your listeners think and what they you know, they think, oh, this guy's devious or whatever, whatever you think. I know that in, in myself that I have no. You, I, don't, you know, no I don't think it's devious.
1: Me. No, I don't think it's devious at all whatsoever. I think some people could say it's selfish, but does it come from a devious place? No. Most of the time when you have sort of compulsions and you're doing things that are, you know, are feeding your ego or whatever that stuff is that some people would say, oh, that's manipulation or whatever, you're doing it on a subconscious level. You, You know, that stuff is so deep seated that it happens subconsciously. So you're not consciously doing it right at all. Um, so yeah, well, I'm I don't, not consciously
2: doing anything, anything damaging. No, uh, I don't think you sound manipulative possibly. or anything.
1: I just like I like to psychoanalyze people. Like you're a life coach. I once went to life coach school and I, like I had to drop out after the first day when they told me that I'm not allowed to really tell people like what to do. <laughs> Because I just like to (laughs) psychoanalyze and make my own analysis and just be like, this is what you need to fucking do. And I can't wait around for people to make up their minds. That's just like, that's why I do my podcast because I love peeling back the layers, right? I think personally... With you, there's a lot more going on underneath all that stuff. That's what I'm always interested in. But I know my listeners always just love to hear these hot stories. And I feel like you have like a thousand more hot stories. And, you know, I always have people who come back on my show and do repeat calls because I typically like to keep my episodes like to be about an hour. We're like at an hour and 20 minutes. Um, and I'm not going to edit Sorry. anything out. No, it's not bad. It's good. It's great because I feel like I could do a part two with you and I'm just going to dig a little bit deeper or we could do a part two and That's we could right. get more hot stories. Cause I feel like there's a lot more sexual stuff that you did. And because I sort of was yeah, spent a lot of time getting your background <laughs> right. And learning who you were, we still have like, there was still stuff like left untold. So, you know, I'll definitely have you back on. We'll do a part two of Eric. Sure. Dom.
2: We can do either. Or I'm pretty open about it either way. You know, I don't have to tell stories. And one of the things we, I discussed with you before is it's the truth is so much more disputable than well, we'll get
1: to the truth. We'll, we'll figure out where it goes. You know, I never know where my podcast is going to go. I never know what I'm going to, you know, what it's going to turn into. Like I said, we'll do a part two. Maybe it'll be all about like some more just hot sex stories. Maybe it'll be more revealing (laughs) about your past. I don't know, but I'd love to do a part two because we need to wrap this up now.
2: Sure. I'll be your Joe dirt. Okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, Joe dirt. (laughs) Why don't we name you that for the podcast? That's good.
2: I'm just messing with
1: you. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, Eric. So <laughs> no, let's talk. to don't show dirt. Okay. All right, Eric. So let's talk soon. It was great talking to you. And we're going to do a part two with more. We'll get more information from Sounds you. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: Do you have a story? Lifestyle?